Welcome to Exposed Conferences Season 2. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today, and I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, I'm talking with Shay Wee, a certified event producer and creator of popular programs such as the Powerful Event Process and the Ultimate Event Planner Certification Program. Producing events as large as 800 attendees, Shay collaborates with many well-known celebrities such as Dr. Oz, Martha Stewart, Bill Barron, Lisa Nichols, and many others. She's assisted Speak to Sell clients to be extremely profitable with their events generating over $2 million in one live three-day event. Another generated $150,000 with just 20 people in the room. And just recently, a client added $550,000 to the books in her virtual event. Today, we sit down with Shay to discuss how businesses can pivot and continue connecting with their stakeholders during this difficult and challenging time. Hi, Shay. I'm so glad we're able to connect today. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, this is so great. I had been scrolling on Instagram and came across some of your posts, and I immediately had to reach out. So I'm just going to read a few of them really quickly, if you don't mind, and then we can kind of roll into the conversation. Perfect. So the first one was, events aren't dead. And the second one was, problems are good as long as you resolve them quickly. And the third is, now is the time to pivot. In just, you know, the last month, it just seems to be the topic of conversation of how we can pivot our events and our businesses to move forward at this time. And so I have a lot of questions for you, but what are you seeing right now in the industry and what comes to mind for our listeners who are seeking information, how they can even start to think about pivoting? Yeah, well, and pivoting is an interesting word. If I if I say pivoting to somebody, they might be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to, you know, go a little 45 degree angle shift. And if I were to say pivoting to somebody else, they're going to do a complete 360. <laughs> and so what I mean by pivoting is you're not going to completely change your business you're not going to completely change your business model. You know, as you were mentioning earlier, events are not dead. They're just taking a little nap. (laughs) And that's live events, right? Because we're in a situation right now where we cannot meet in person. That's great. What ways can we be innovative and pivot slightly just that 45 degree angle versus a 360 to still support those that we serve. Let's look at it from this example. Have you ever purchased music on your iPod or a tape or a CD or we want to go way back, record players? Have you ever done anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, why in the world would you go to a concert of your favorite music artist if you already have their CD? To see them face to face, to get the real experience. Exactly. There is something about being there live. The energy is different. You're in a crowd full of people that love the same energy and the same music or the same business topic or whatever the case may be. So that's why I say events aren't dead. People are going to go back to sporting events. People are going to go back to restaurants. People are going to go back to business events. We just can't do it right now. So how do we pivot to still support the people that are stuck at home? 
and support them with what's happening in their world because the problems haven't changed. They still have problems. And if anything, the problems might be magnified now that they're they're stuck to take a look at it, especially if you're, you know, somebody that supports people in their health or in their relationships or in their business, right? They're really getting to take a look at what is working and what is not working. What are habits that are good for me and what are habits that are not good for me? It's all showing up in their face right now. And if anything, events, virtual live events is what we need more than ever. I agree. I think now is like a really time for people to be looking at their events and looking at ways that they can make changes to the current plans or to their strategies. What are some initial steps that they can do to start the process? Yeah. So if you are somebody who was already planning to do and host an event this year, depending on where it's at, we're going to have a kind of a different conversation. I had a client who was going to have an event March 17, 18, and 19. And here in California, we got the stay in place order that you could not have an event more than I think it was 10 people on March 13th. That means my client had like three days to quickly pivot and figure out what in the world she was going to do with her event. Now, this event is pretty much how she fills her programs and and packages for the year. I mean, she was planning to create 1.2 or so million dollars out of this live event and have 400 plus women at it. So a pivot for her, because she was already used to doing things online, they pivoted to do their event online. So everybody who already had a ticket got to come and then they were actually able to open up the doors for more people to show up. So what had happened was because they were able to make that decision quickly, right? Going back to, you know, you can have problems They're going to be good for you if you can pivot quickly. That's what they did. Still ran their three-day event and ended up generating over $800,000 out of the event. Now, it's not quite 1.2, but it also makes it so she can still have all of her team employed. She can still serve all of the women that are going to come in that need the business support right now. And because it was virtual, they were able to bring in more eyeballs and more people and serve more women than they would have if it was live. Yeah, well, that's really impressive, especially with such a quick turnaround like that. Now, it is a little bit different when you do a live three-day event, um, in particular a sales or enrollment event where you are making sales from the front of the room. It's three days. But when you go virtual, you have to change it up a little bit. When you're live and in person, you get to feel the energy and you get to meet people and you get to interact and you're, you're kind of in this bubble from nine in the morning until nine at night for three days. You can't quite do that when you're virtual, <laughs> right? You've got your kids coming in. You've got the dog that's got to go out. You've got to make dinner. You've got all of these different things in your world that also require your attention. So when you pivot to make your live event virtual, you have to take a look at, okay, maybe we shorten the days and go from 10 to four or 10 to three. And we still do three days, but we end up maybe including a a happy hour party at the end of it. Or we end up doing what is called on like Facebook, a watch party. So you'll do your three days, 
you'll take a day off, and then you'll do a replay of the event. But you'll still do questions and answers live at the end of the event. So your three-day event ends up becoming a two-week event when it's something like this. That's a sales and enrollment event that you're engaging people to purchase a program or package that would assist them in their life or their business, right? So it's like it's a pivot. It's a change. It's a slight shift. But you can still make it really engaging and really interactive. And people are getting super creative with it, too. I mean, I've heard one event ended up doing their own escape room with their event. So you can you can get creative with it that you couldn't necessarily do before with live events that you can make it fun virtually. Yeah, and I love that. And I agree. I think people are coming up, you know, all kinds of unique ideas. Even I had to sit down the other day and put together virtual sponsorship packages. And I was like, you know, during a stretch week, instead of just playing you know, music for 15 minutes for people. What if we did like a virtual dance party and people could send in their, you know, their photos and we can share that on social media during this virtual DJ dance party. So I love that. And you're, you're right. It's like now is a great time for sponsors. If you're yoga or if you, <laughs> have you seen the llamas that are out there now? No, you can actually invite a llama to join your meeting. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's just something really super creative that this farm ended up creating and saying, you know what, you know, we can bring on a llama, we can bring on a, I don't know what other farm animals that they had, but that's helping them to keep the doors open and feed all of their animals. And people are loving it right now. It's different and it's engaging. And the llama's only on there for like 30 minutes and they walk you around the farm and, you know, it, it helps them to keep the lights on. But how, how fun and different would that be? You would not expect that. I think you just gave me another sponsorship to add to my, to my list there. That's a, yeah, that's a great idea. And again, it kind of helps to serve the community as well. What kinds of questions should event organizers be asking themselves when making the choice to pivot? Well, absolutely everybody should be pivoting right now. There are so many new opportunities popping up that I hadn't even really considered. I was on a a mastermind call the other day with some high-level event planners and hosts, and somebody brought up the point that you still have you know, state workers, or you have government officials still having to work, but not necessarily be able to go in and do it live and in person. And I know a lot of people are using the platform Zoom to assist them with their meetings. Now, if you were somebody that was well versed in how to use Zoom and Zoom rooms and get people in and out of meetings and play some music, or be willing to learn how to do it, you could go to the government officials and say, hey, you know what? Let me help you and assist you with all of your meetings. I'll take over the tech side of things. So all your people have to do is just jump on. And then if they need to be in breakout session rooms, I can do that on my side. If they need music, I can do that on my side. I hadn't even considered that. We use Zoom all the time for years. But if somebody was just starting in business and they didn't quite know their niche or who they wanted to support, That's an easy way to get your foot in the door and start bringing in some income right now. 
as far as like virtual events go, and we're seeing a lot of live events now going virtual, again, with everything going on and social distancing taking place. What have you seen in regards to the setting up of virtual events, and then also to being part of a virtual event? Great question. So Um, In setting up a virtual event, I've seen just on the logistical side of things, you one, you don't know what you don't know. And there's a ton of new platforms hopping up all over the place. So if you are wanting to do something a little bit more low key, and just stream into a Facebook group or something, you could use zoom, you could use StreamYard, you can use a bunch of different types of easy to use backend friendly technology that still makes it really branded well and you can have people interacting and engaging with you on the social platform, throwing their comments up onto the screen or anything like that. So it still has a little bit of that look and feel of interacting one-on-one, but really take a look at what is the purpose of the event. What is the promise of the event that you want the attendees to walk away from, you know, spending time with you? And based on that, I would take a look at then shifting your schedule, your run a show, your agenda to meet those needs. Now with this pivot, because it is just one-on-one, like you and your computer looking at a screen, now more than ever is a time to make it very, very engaging with the audience. And what I mean by that is as the event host, you don't want to be doing a whole lot of you just talking the whole time. You want to make it so the audience is interacting with you and interacting with each other. So finding a platform that could allow you to set up breakout sessions, that could allow you to have quote unquote, happy hours, or a networking lunch, or, you know, going from room to room, like you would live and in person, you could do the same thing virtually. And there's platforms like zoom out there that will let you do that. But the more you can prompt the audience to let's say, write in the chat, why you're here, where you're calling from, or you know, what is your biggest takeaway from today? Or if you could change anything in the world or where, when was the last time that you did something courageous and how did that make you feel? And then I want you to go and interact with people in the same thread and comment on three other people's posts. And in doing that, you kind of gamify the event. I've also seen people give away prizes for those that are doing it right? To encourage them to interact with one another. So just like you would in a live event, you can say, okay, go ahead and write the answer to this question. And then I want you to turn to your partner and discuss it. You can do the same thing virtually. So it just goes back to what is the purpose and the promise of the event? And then how do we set up the technology to support what it is that you want them to gain out of the event? those are great points, especially keeping it engaging so that, you know, it's already one thing to go to a conference and having to interact with a room of strangers that you don't know. And then it's a very different take when you're actually at home and staring at your computer and being asked to interact with others. So I love the idea of gamification, and then also creating different types of sessions or events for attendees to interact with each other and and then prompting them, like you mentioned, with questions or giving them something to connect with others. 
Yeah, and just even to go a little bit further, I know you were mentioning sponsors. I've got some colleagues that have it set up technology-wise that they have their sponsors. So they've gone a step further and gamified how people go to different Zoom rooms. So they would get a point if they went to, if they signed up for uh, a coaching session. And then they get a point if they end up, you know, logging in every single day of a three-day event. Then they get like 20 points for going and visiting a sponsor. And with the sponsors, they, they've they actually come back saying they've gotten more interaction with people in the virtual than they would be sitting at their booths live because the people were engaging with them because they wanted some points. And then out of it prompted different conversations which then turned into business for the sponsors. So it was a huge win-win-win across the board. Not only did the event host get feedback from the attendees saying, wow, this has been really engaging and I learned a lot from the sponsors and I you know, walked away with X, Y, and Z. And then the sponsors are coming back saying, this is fantastic. I've had, you know, really great conversations. And, you know, normally in a three-day live event by day three, two, two and a half or three people just kind of walk by the booths, but virtually we can still engage them and have them keep coming back time and time again, if we just add different incentives. So the sponsors are happy, the attendees are happy. And then obviously that makes the event host happy because everybody's winning across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And after we start to see live events coming back, I do still think there's going to be a virtual component to many events because like you said, now people are actually able to see and see the return on investment, especially for sponsors when they're able to actually physically take that information with them to say X amount of people went to my website or X amount of people participated in these different sessions that were then prompted to get our product. Yeah. Well, and the great thing about virtual is, you know, you put somebody into a breakout session room, then you just push the little timer. It's like, okay, wrap up what it is you're saying. We're going to come back to the main room in 60 seconds. When you do it live, it's kind of like herding cats. <laughs> but you just push a button and then automatically everybody's back in the main session room all at once. Exactly. It's the little things like that that makes it, you know, a little bit easier to kind of control. <laughs> exactly. So can you talk to us a little bit about your own events, what you're seeing, and then what you're looking to do differently? Yeah, absolutely. So my sweet spot is running and producing events for six and seven figure speakers, coaches, and experts. And these are three-day enrollment events where they've got a product or service that ends up filling their program for six months or for the year. So this is essentially just a really long enrollment conversation that provides value of you know whatever the pain points are for the attendee. And so with these events, I'm actually in the process of planning one right now where we were planning on having about 350 people in the room and we already had a live stream component to it. And so, you know, we're probably going to have another couple few hundred people on the live stream. And with this, we would obviously just be having our live stream kind of putting questions in the chat. And then we would take those questions to the stage, they would get answered from the stage. But more, it was just engaging and just kind of watching what was happening on the stage. Now with this pivot, 
what we're doing is one, we're able to support a lot more people. So we're expecting uh, to have probably a thousand plus people in the quote unquote room in the live stream while it's happening. And this is going to be people from all over the world. So we're based in California. My host is going to be, she's in the Bahamas. I've got one of my co-facilitators in Florida. And then we've got our sales team, our coaching team. They're all over the world. We've got some in Dubai, South Africa, the United Kingdom, because we have attendees all over the space. And we are providing coaching sessions. And we want to make sure that no matter what the time zone is, that they can still get supported. So that's one thing. With that, you kind of have to change your marketing leading into the event. So what my client is doing is 30-ish is days of uh, support. And so she's hopping on social media and doing you know, Facebook Lives and things of that nature for probably 20, 25 minutes each and every single day for 30-ish days leading into the event. And how she set it up was the first 15 days was just value, just content, just pouring into the audience. And she's averaging probably five to 700 people live on, on those Facebook Lives every single morning. And then about day 15 or so, she started to talk about how this is just kind of the, the quick shot in the arm while you're at home, but there's an opportunity to join us live for three days, virtually, obviously, to really deep dive into a lot more of this content and a lot more of these exercises. And we're bringing on some guest speakers and we're bringing in different things like movement and meditation and drumming. Um, it's a personal development event. So all of these really fun, engaging pieces to this space. And in order to do that, we I'm really super excited about it, actually. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. The live event was going to be gorgeous. And we were going to have this amazing stage set up. But the live stream component of it wasn't as robust as it is now with what we're doing virtually. So not only are we going to be having this three-day event live, we're also having the component of interaction within a Facebook group. So in the Facebook group, this is where the connection happens. This is where the gamification happens. This is where engagement with our coaches are happening. This is the engagement with each other is happening. So we're going to be throwing in their prompts, call to actions. You send it out and you respond back all of these things to create that energy and that vibe of being there live. So not only are we doing it for three days, we're going to be doing Q&A at the end of every single day where people can actually jump on and interact with the host. But then we're going to create a watch party for three additional days. So just in case somebody did miss it, they could go back and watch it again. Now, if you missed a piece of it or you didn't get your question answered and you still wanted to, we're going to have live Q&A on the watch party for those three days. And then we're going to move it online to what we're calling on demand. And that's going to be a recording of all the videos of all three days. If there's anything you wanted to listen to again or you missed a piece of it or you know, you wanted to schedule another time with a coach or you wanted to download the workbook again, whatever it was, you could still be engaged with us for, you know, like I said, about two weeks of an event because people are stuck at home. We know they're at home. <laughs> 
that just gives them way more time to be focused and being able to participate and see things that they've missed. One, it gives you a broader reach because now more people can tune in, right, to your event. And so you're reaching a larger audience than you might have had if you had done this in person. You're creating unique and different opportunities with the kinds of experiences that you can give the attendees who are participating virtually and then extending that reach even after the event occurs. So I love all those ideas and suggestions. I'm really excited about it. It's, it's going to be really fun and engaging. And from what we can see so far of people jumping into the Facebook group and they're already starting to talk and connect with each other, it's really a great buzz that's happening. And I think it's really important as events are being postponed and they are being canceled that we are still giving our audience and our clients opportunities to connect and engage and provide them with the resources in a time that they are looking for us to lead. Absolutely. Because just like you said, people are looking for answers. Right now, their their pain, if anything, is being amplified than it ever was before. So how dare we not support them? when they need us the most. And, you know, whether your event's going to be live and in person and postponed, even if you do that, why not just do a mini event while you wait for the actual live event to happen? That way you're still engaging people. You're still moving them to the next best step. You're still helping them out of their pain that they're in right now until you can be with them one-on-one in person. So that's how I look at it is we're still here to support all of those attendees that were going to come and be with us in person, we still need to support them until we can see them in person again. Yeah. And, you know, we've kind of touched on virtual events in place of live events for right now. What are other things that event organizers and planners can do if they don't plan on hosting a virtual event, but still want to pivot and connect with their audience till a live event does happen. Obviously, it needs to be something virtual, but it doesn't have to be an event event, right? It can be just something really fun and off the cuff, in a sense. I've had people I've had people do fun things for the community that they already are supporting. So maybe they're already in a coaching program with them and just get together and do an hour long happy hour just to check in with people and to see where they're at. Are they alone by themselves? Do they have a ton of family? Do they need to have some connection with their community and with their tribe? So it doesn't have to be a big three-day event. It can be, who wants to have lunch with me today? And just throwing it out there. And you never know, it could be five people. And then it's just like you're having lunch at a restaurant. Everybody brings their own lunch, (laughs) right? And you're going to hang out and have a conversation like you would normally at a restaurant. And if anything, this is going to be a great opportunity to really deep dive in and get to know your audience even better. Because out of that, I guarantee you gold is going to come out of it on how you can even further support them. Oh, absolutely. Especially as as everybody's kind of looking to each other for guidance and for assistance and for solutions. Actually, this morning, I just put a post up for BYOB, bring your own brew um, to, you know, to just do a quick kind of chat with other event planners to see what they're doing at this time with their events. Okay, I want to (laughs) come. Yeah, 
up, please. I, you know, and I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? Two people might so, you know, show up to this thing. But the, the point is that connection at this time is really important and finding a way to connect with your audience and to just make the transition in whatever way that is. Now is definitely the time if you're newer or if you've been in the game a while is to get your education in right now and to, you know, start collaborating with people that you may not have normally collaborated with. Just recently, I jumped on a call with uh, four or five other event planners and producers, and we ended up just talking about what's working, what's not working, and just opened up the Q&A to anybody else listening. And in the past, some people would go, why would you want to partner with other event planners? Like, aren't they going to like, take all the clients that you could be talking to. And the way I look at it is, one, I could only handle so many clients myself every single year. Two, we all have different personalities. Three, we also do events a little bit differently. There are so many different types and niches and ways to do events that there are way more event hosts out there than there are planners. And if anything, if you can support each other, that's what we've done. It's like, you know what, if you need help and support and I have that weekend available, yep, call me. I'm gonna, I'll be there. Now is the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's an awesome point. We're in this together. Yes, we're all doing different things, but we're all here to to learn from one another and, and to share our own knowledge of events too. Do you find your perspective of events changing and how you might want to do things differently in the future? Yes, I'm definitely a big fan of live and in person, and that's not going to change. And I don't plan on totally shifting my entire business to a virtual online business event production. But I do see us incorporating what we're doing with live stream now and incorporating it into our live events more. And so possibly having this interaction on the Facebook groups and maybe extending it or bringing the attendees that are on virtual into the room so showing their face up on the screen so then the live audience can connect with the virtual audience. I see that there is definitely a way to bridge that gap a little bit better. And out of what's working and how people are getting really super creative with it virtually, I think I'm going to see a lot of that shifting into the live event model too. Do you foresee um, live events changing the way we do things there as well? Yeah, I think it's just going to have to. I think as, you know, a world, we're going to have to take a look at it the same way, right? I mean, you've, I don't know if you've seen the photos, but in Los Angeles, there's like no smog right now. And, you know, from a a global perspective, what does that mean? Do we need to even have people that go into jobs every single day? Maybe they only go into jobs every four days. So I don't think the event space is going to be immune to that. I think we will have probably live events that go into some virtual events or have a combination of the two of them. I also feel that there's still a lot of space of new invention that's going to come out of this as well. It just kind of feels like there's something on the edge that's just going to show up pretty soon that everyone's going to go, oh my gosh, why did we not think of that before? And maybe somebody in your audience is the one that's going to think about it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Live events won't totally go away. But as we start to transition out, 
um, you'll probably have more people stay at home a little bit longer. And then, you know, we will all still get back to the space of being in person. But maybe it's also things like everybody's always going to have a hand sanitizer outside of their doors before they, they come in the space. Maybe the chairs are going to be just a little bit further apart from each other. Just little tweaks like that. I can definitely see those shifts happening. What are you looking most forward to when live events do return? Hugging everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. You know, a lot of these events for me are yearly events or bi-yearly events. And the people that come to them really become family. And I really look forward to doing them every single year because it's like, what's been going on with you? It's our time to catch up. So I really look forward to high-fiving people and hugging people and just being eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee, and having that personal human connection again. Me too. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite parts of being an event planner. It's the connection. It's the on-site. It's the the live face-to-face experiences and connections that we form for sure. Let's also take a look at the piece that like, when you go to an event, it's usually someplace outside of your comfort zone or outside of where you normally live, or it gives you an opportunity to experience something outside of your house. So there's those added pieces to it. It it gives you an opportunity to create stories and create memories. So live events give us the experience to be like, oh my goodness, I hopped on the plane and sat next to this really amazing person who had this story that just blew my mind. And that made me think about X, Y, and Z. And how that would support this person over here. And it's just that creativity and that energy that we end up getting when we go outside of our houses. And I think we're all looking forward to that. Right now, it's definitely been challenging and tough for everybody in all industries. And I think we're all missing that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Shay. I I just thought your posts were really a great reminder for everybody in the industry that we're still moving along. We're still here. We're still working hard to bring people together and to connect with one another, even though events are being postponed and being canceled, and there's still opportunity to have events. I will definitely have to look into that llama llama thing as a support opportunity, because I think that's hilarious. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.Buzzsprout.com.